0: morning I'm gonna share a message and it all came from a uh, uh, an encounter that I recently had and I've shared this once or twice but in this encounter this dream it was it been about 3 30 in the morning I heard I heard a phone ringing I heard this it was an old phone and in this dream, it was an old yellow phone and it was like one of those phones and, and if, if you're Probably under twenty-five, you've never seen one of these. But it was those those old phones that had the big old speaker in the bottom. You know, had the long cord that you know when you were. I remember being a teenage boy, and see, I've been with my wife since she was. uh, We've been since she was fourteen years old. That's how long me and my wife been together. Isn't that awesome? Come on! But there was times that you know they didn't have cell phones back then. And if they did, those are the the big brick ones and you had that aluminum antenna that you had to pull up. And you were like really making bucks if you had one of those, you know. But we used to, back in the day, if you wanted to talk to to whoever and you were going to be on the phone more than an hour, you were laying by the floor. And you had this long cord, you know. That's the kind of phone it was. I don't know why I shared all that. (laughs) I do know why I shared that. Because see, when... We would stay up late at night talking on the phone, you know, and we were hiding from our parents because we shouldn't have been on the phone at that hour. But we would lay on the floor, and the cord would run on the other room, and it was up in the kitchen, and, you know, we would lay on the floor because we just wanted to talk to each other. We wanted to communicate. And we loved each other. And we didn't know what real love was back then. Honestly, I mean, I was you know we were young, but <clears throat> we would even fall asleep on the phone together. How? many uh, Come on, I'm not the only one, right? <laughs> yeah, but you know, you 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 would <laughs> no no go ahead. And I would even tell my wife, my girlfriend at the time, I said, no go ahead, go to sleep, it's okay. I'll stay on the phone. And she would fall asleep, or I would fall asleep on the phone, and I would wake up and like, oh, you still there? Yeah, you were snoring. <laughs> right? It's a true story. But because we just wanted to talk, we just wanted to communicate. Come on, come on. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm in this dream, and in this dream I wake up to a phone ringing, and I go and I see this counter and I see this old phone and I pick up the phone and as soon as I pick up the phone, I hear the voice. And he says, do you want to know what it was like when I walked with Enoch? He says, do you want to know what it was like when I was with Adam in the garden? Do you want to know what it's like to be my friend? I couldn't talk. I was just like in this dream. I was like, I didn't say a word because I knew it was, it was the Lord. But I, I just knew in this dream. So I was just and I woke up and I, I was pondering this dream and this encounter with the Lord like all week. Like God, what is, what was it like? And I remember hearing, I remember hearing Todd uh, share. An encounter he had with, with 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 Adam. Now see this may stretch some people. You see, we're not of this world. And, and there's a spirit. See, the, the, Paul talks about the third heavens. There's a realm of the glory that we have that we, we can tap into where, where all of heaven becomes manifested and everything becomes becomes tangible and we can step into that place because that's a heaven's reality. It is. So we, we, we got, as, as believers, we can't get, we can't stop talking about the things and the goodness and the glory of God because we're worried about what other people will think. Now, mind you, I think there's wisdom. You don't want to go and talk about your dreams in front of your boss and like, whoa, oh, she's gone. I'm just saying, the Lord will show you when and how to talk. But it, he went on to talk about it, this encounter, this dream that he had. And he was talking with Adam, and he was in the garden. And all of a sudden, he heard a loud, boom. And he said, it, it shook the earth. And it was, boom. And everything began to rattle. Boom. And it would rattle. And he goes, and he's like, what is that? And then Adam looks at him and says, that's what it sounded like every time the Father would come to me in the garden. Those were His footsteps that it literally would rattle and shake the earth. It's pretty powerful. <clears throat> Jesus. <clears throat> I share that because. Today, I'm going to talk about becoming a friend of God. And I came out of this dream, and I've just been pondering it and praying into it, and like, Lord, I want to, I want to know. I want to know what it's like. <clears throat> and I remember I was in a meeting one time <laughs> with, we were in a meeting with Rick Joyner. And I heard Rick Joyner say this. He says, We all go through seasons in our life as as believers. He said, we go through the season where we're converts. Then we go to, from being a convert, where we get saved and we're so excited about our salvation and all we want to do is just tell everybody about Jesus, right? Everybody. We've all had that friend, man. Listen, I (laughs) <laughs> I wonder if I should tell the story um. so I, I grew up in church I knew the Lord but I ran and I got in rebellion. And I got in organized crime everybody knows my, my testimony and there was a time that I completely turned away from God I didn't want nothing to do with God and in that time I had a friend of mine who may be watching went to prison and he was in prison for a, for a, for a long stretch Came out of prison and everything he wanted to do was talk about God. He's like, bro, listen, you, man, the Lord loves you. And he was talk, and, But see, he became a he was a Bible thumper at that time. He's like, bro, you need to turn away from that sin. Oh, you're gonna burn in hell. Oh, look at you, what's the matter with you? And I was like, man, I don't want to hear that. And I knew the truth. I was, I mean, I knew, I knew God. But I didn't, want to hear nothing. I didn't want to hear nothing about that. But see, he was in that season of being converted. A convert. I just want to tell everybody. And then we go through the season of being servants. Where all we want to do is just serve. And we know. And see, you can tell the heart and where people are at in their seasons. Because the servants are those who are like, what do you need? I, it doesn't matter. I, let me get it for you. No, I don't want. I just want to serve. I just, man, I just want to be a blessing. I just want to be whatever you need. I, I don't care. I don't need nothing. I just, just let me serve you. We go through those seasons, right? And then we go through the season where we become disciples. And the disciples are those that all they want to do is just, oh, they just want to dig into the word. They're like, they're watching every YouTube video. <laughs> they're, in, they're reading books and they're writing articles and they're like, and like brother, did you know this? Like, oh my God, my mind was blown. And like, they're into it and they're in that season of being a disciple because all they want is more and more and more. They can't get enough. Like, man, I was in this book last week. Man, I've been in this book for like the past three weeks. I can't get out of it. That's the disciple stage. Right? Amen? Amen. And then we go into the stage where we become friends of God. We can become a friend of God. See, the friends of God, the Lord began to share his most intimate secrets with. And then we go from being a friend of God to being the sons of God. And I love how Rick said this. He says, and the sons of God are those that when you invite them to a back door, a backyard barbecue in the, with a pool party, those are the ones that are out there in the back walking on the water. <laughs> <laughs> because they're in the glory, man. <laughs> hey, get up there. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you guys a question. <clears throat> what does being a friend of God look like? Really, what does being a friend of God look like? Enoch was a friend of God. And the thing about Enoch was he wasn't on an assignment. God didn't tell Enoch, listen, I'm going to go and you're going to set the captives free. You're going to go and you're going to bring this and nothing. He had no assignment. He had no job. He had no duties. I think that Enoch is probably only referred to in the Bible like two or three times. I want to say it's in, in Genesis and in Hebrews. That's it. And it's crazy, it's profound, because he was a friend of God. <clears throat> the only thing God asked of Enoch was just to walk with him. He just said, just walk with me. See, I've been a mess, man. I'm going to be honest. I just, just to walk. See, the God didn't ask nothing. He just said, listen, I don't want nothing from you. Just just walk with me. Just talk to me. That's all he said. (laughs) He says, walk with me. And, you know, I think in the natural, in order to walk with somebody, you have to like them, right? You have to like them. I don't walk with people I don't like. I probably should have said that. All over the world. No, but listen, it's a true story. It's true. I don't go for walks with just random people. That would be awkward. Like, just. You walk with people that you like. And then your like turns into love. Right? Your like will turn into love. You know what? I, I, I remember, you know, earlier in our ministry, early in our ministry, I had to learn how to walk with people. because I was so full of zeal, So full of passion, and I just wanted to get it done. I was like, Come on, God, I'm going to go. I was in that servant place, I was in the disciple mode. I was like, Go, go, go. And I just wanted to get things done. And I I, I would get, and I would move myself out of the season of the Lord because I just wanted to go. Sometimes, and I'm not going to say sometimes, all the time. We have to learn how to walk before we run. Let's learn to walk together. Isn't that what we do in the natural with friends? You go out and go to Applebee's, which is going to have an all-you-can-eat buffet soon. I'm telling you, bro. Applebee's, you can sponsor us live at the Emerging Streams. But listen... But, but, you, but we, we go to lunch. We become intentional with each other. And the more we go and we walk this season, we walk this journey, our walk of, of, of faith, it becomes a journey of love and then we begin to love each other. And then we become friends. We learn to walk we can run you see the friends of God our hearts cry needs to be this Lord I love you that has to be our cry God I want more of you God I just want to be in your presence God Lord just I just want to be where you're at God Lord I need more of you God I need more that has to be our cry We have to. That's the love. Listen to my wife. If I don't hear from my wife for longer than an hour or two, I'm like, baby, are you okay? Because it's a love journey. When God doesn't hear from you, He's like, where are you? Are you okay? That's the friends of God. We have to have a cry. You see, Enoch, it says in the word that he pleased God. That's what it says about Enoch. Can you imagine? It's just like, Enoch, you just bring joy to me. You, you, comp- you complete me. <laughs> it's true. But see, he didn't have him. He didn't have a, a duty. He was It didn't matter what Enoch did. What pleased? What pleased God? That he walked with him. That's what pleased God. That he talked to him. Hebrews eleven, verse five through six says this. I'm going to read this out of the. I believe this is the NLT, and it says it was by faith that Enoch. Was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. Before he was taken up, he was, a known, he was known as a person who pleased God. You know who else was a friend of God? Noah. See, Noah followed Enoch's footsteps, he walked with God. Genesis 6, verse 9, says this. Actually, he walked with God for even a period, even longer than 300 years. As Noah walked with God, he showed him in a vision. Listen, I'm going to read that. Yeah, that's Genesis 6, 9. This is the account to Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, only blameless person on earth, at the time. And he walked in close fellowship with God. Noah walked in close fellowship with God. Come on. Enoch must have been about 300 years when he went to, when the Lord took him. He, it says that, that Noah lived even longer than that. Something about being a friend of God prolongs life. Isn't that right? right. Come on, something about being a friend of God will prolong your life. You see, as humans, we are geared now, this this society, we're geared to be a, a social people. Everybody's on Facebook. Everybody's on Twitter, Instagram, and everybody's writing these quotes and these posts and Everybody's looking for some kind of recognition. Everybody's, well, how many Facebook friends do you have? Well, I have a thousand. Well, I've got five thousand. I gotta open up another page. Because we're inwardly we're we're seeking the desire to fill our freshly our fleshy desires. So I'm gonna ask you a question. What does a friend look like to you? And I just want you to kind of think about that. What does a friend look like to you? What does a friend look like in your eyes? And I'm going to give you my perspective because I remember growing up being involved in the things that I was involved in. Friends were very few. I cut the friends that I have and I kept my enemies even closer so to me when I would look for a friend I would look for somebody who was trustworthy right somebody who uh, obviously back then this didn't apply to me but now this applies to me but somebody who was caring, see I didn't care about that back then I wanted to know that if things were about to break out and bullets were about to fly if you and I were going to be able to come out of this alive. You see, that was my mindset back then. But as we, where we're at now, what do we look for? We look for somebody who's honest. Do you want to have a friend who lies to you? Come on, we, like, like, do you know so-and-so? Oh, oh that, is that your friend? Oh, no, no, that's just an acquaintance. Right, we, we do that? No, I, I know them, but I don't know know them. Why? Because we don't, we don't want to associate something with somebody who's not of our, right? You look for something from someone who has things in common with you. That's why when you're friends, like, if you love football, everybody's, ah. People that love boxing don't hang out with people that don't like boxing. Why? Because they, they, they just won't work. So we look for people that have things in common with. Uh-huh. What is a friend of God? A friend of God are those who are willing to lay their lives down for the ones they love. That's, that's hard. Like, do you love me? Look, I, I, this, is, this, is a, this is a true statement for my kids and my wife. I will gladly lay my life down, without a doubt. I would say, I'll die for you, and I mean that, 100%. I would switch places with my child if something was bad. Lord, take me. It says that, but see, the Lord says we should do that for everyone. You see, a friend of God will lay themselves down for those that they love. They will be face to the floor to see victory for those that they love. Listen, you have brothers and sisters that are having a bad time. They're struggling in an area. Sometimes we respond like, oh, I'll be praying for you. And you never pray. But we get so good at being Christians that we say things. I'll be praying for you, brother. And you never pray. Right? Come on. I've been guilty of this. Like, uh. (laughs) ah. I remember one one time I was like, uh, I was in worship one day, and worship was going on, and I went to the front of the altar, and it was happening, and it was just me and the Lord. And I was like, devil, I'm going to kick the devil, I'm going to punch you in the mouth. See, because I was a really violent person back in the day. So, like, I bring that with me now in the spirit. Like, boy, I'm going to bust you in the mouth, devil. That's my language. He's my friend. He gets me. And I remember. And I'm, and in the spirit, I'm like, you know, I'm doing prophetic acts. And I'm standing there in front. So I'm going to punch you in the mouth, devil. And I'm doing And I'm like. And I'm up there by myself. There was other people in the church. I'm throwing blows. Oh. And I probably looked really good at it. And all of a sudden, I, I don't know how this happened. I went like this. And I punched myself. I'm not kidding. I was like this. I'm in the front. I'm like, poof. And I, I opened up my eye to see if anybody saw me. And then I closed my eye back up. I said, what was that? Like, what just happened? And then the, and the Lord told me. He spoke to me right there. He says, do you really want to? Do you really want to? See, something?" and sometimes we just need to be awakened. We just need to be awakened. Oh, Jesus. That... We, That was funny, I'm telling you what. I never forget that moment. But that we would become intentional. That we have to be intentional for those that we love. We have to be intentional. See, in the Bible, the Word specifically says this. God specifically calls out three people specifically as friends. Moses, Abraham, and Lazarus. Remember when Lazarus was dying? He says, "I got to go see my friend." His friend. What does he do for his friends? He gives them life, resurrection, glory. Right? That John eleven eleven. You see, we look at Abraham. In 2 Chronicles 20, verse 7, Jehoshaphat refers to Abraham as God's friend. He says, Oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people of Israel arrived? Did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend, Abraham? See, he says he's a friend. In Isaiah 41 8, you see <clears throat> where he says, But as you, as for you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, my chosen one, descendant from Abraham, my friend. See, Abraham was a friend of God. Abraham, God said, Go. And he went. Moses was a friend. In Exodus thirty-three eleven, it says this. Inside the tent meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterwards, Moses would return to the camp But the young men who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meetings. So the tent of meetings was, Abraham would go, I'm sorry, Moses would go outside of the camp. And he would pitch a tent. And in this tent, he would go and he would have a conversation with God. He would speak to God face to face and the people would come and they would hang out around the tent because what they wanted to do is they wanted to hear from God and they would ask like, Moses, can you find this out? Can you find that out? Because he was a friend. He was a friend. He would speak openly. Like in the Bible, you see where, where God would speak and he, was, he didn't always speak clearly. He would speak in... I mean, it was wild, but it says with Moses, he would speak openly and clear. Like, hey, Moses, what are you doing? Why are you getting frustrated, Moses? Come on, it's face to face, openly clear. He didn't speak in riddles. He didn't. Thus saith me. He. It was because he was a friend. I don't talk to my friends like that. I pick up the phone, hey, bro, what's up? What are you doing? What are you going to do today? Oh, man, yeah. Me, my friends, we have a relationship. So, I'm getting somewhere, I promise. How do we become friends of God? That's the question. How do we do it? I'm going to give some keys here. If you want, if those that are taking notes, those that are watching, I'm going to give you some keys. Holy ghost, here we go. Key number 1. Kingdom key number 1. How do we become a friend of God? We must live in the holy fear of God we must live in the holy fear of god i'm not talking listen <clears throat> don't hear what i'm not saying i'm not saying to be fearful of god like ugh, like, like like man he's going to punish me he's going to beat me come on we're, that's we're, we're not that's you're not going to hear that from this house but it says that we will live in a holy fear of god Proverbs, uh, I believe it's Proverbs 9:10, says this, that the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. You see, there's a, revel- there's a reverential fear. See, the holy fear of the Lord shows you the right pathways on which you should go. It's kind of like a father. The father corrects his son and his daughter. If my sons are doing something that I know is going to get them in a place and they're going to be hurt, I'm going to bring correction. Like, son, you're going down the wrong path. You need to pull back. Don't make me take the keys away from you. You're not going to drive your car. Give me your keys. Right? Because a father corrects those that he loves. But my son should never be fearful that I'm going to beat him with the keys. You get what I'm saying? So the number one, number one would be living in the holy fear of God. David says this in Psalms 25. 25 verse 12 and 14. He says, but still one question remains. How do I live in the holy fear of God? Question mark. Show me the right path to take. You see, when we live in the fear of, the holy fear of God, the Lord will give you the pathways to take. Then, the next, then prosperity and favor will be my portion. That's the portion. And my descendants will inherit all that is good. You see, there's a private place reserved for the lovers of God. That word lovers of God means friends of God. And where they sit Him and receive the revelation, secrets of His promises. The lovers of God, the friends of God, they receive revelation, and the secrets of his promises. Send the word. That's what the friends of God do. Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians uh, verse 7, chapter 7, I'm sorry, verse 1. He says, Because we have these promises, he says, Dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body, our spirit and let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. The fear of God makes you holy. The reverential God gives you access. The reverential fear of the Lord gives you access to being a friend of God. Why? Because he will direct your path and you won't move out of the time you'll do what the Father says. Is that making sense to you? You know, not only that, but as a friend of God, we learn to hear the voice of God. I heard somebody say one time, like, well, the Lord is telling me I'm supposed to go somewhere. And then later on, they don't do it. Well, I thought you said the Lord told you. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. God is not bipolar. He's not. But sometimes we don't recognize the voice of God because we don't have the holy fear of God, where we know His voice. Like I can sometimes say, like, like God. I mean, I don't. Is Lord? Is that you? And there's times that I can say, man, I heard the Lord because I I recognize the voice. Oh Jesus. What Paul is saying here, he's saying that we have to make things right. We can't continue to live in the same conditions. The things that because those things will spoil the fruit. The things that will stop us from stepping in and stepping out. I'm going to read that same verse in the Passion because I love the way the Passion says it. He said, "Beloved ones, with promises like these, and because of your, this is the the holy fear of the Lord right here." Because of your deepest respect and worship of God, the fear of the Lord. that's what that is. What is the fear of the Lord? It's the deepest respect. Isn't that awesome? Doesn't that sound so much better than like the fear of like, no, I have so much respect for God that I don't want to do anything that would ever, ever jeopardize our relationship. I have the most deepest respect for who He is because He's God Almighty. That's the difference. That's the fear of the Lord. He says, we must remove everything from our lives that contaminates our body and spirit and continue to com- complete The development of the holiness within us. Number two, on how to become a friend of God. It's faith in action. Obedience. You see, our faith in action is what shows us right in God. Our faith in action shows us right to God. You see, Abraham was called a friend of God because of his action, his faith in action. Hebrews eleven five, 5, verse, uh, I'm going to, mm, no, I don't want to read all that, Jesus. Yeah, let's just turn there. Let's turn to uh, Hebrews 11, verse 5. And I'm not going to read all of it, but I just want you to get get the picture here. Faith in action pleases God. Faith in action pleases God. Obedience pleases God. Verse 5 in Hebrews 11 says this, It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. Faith in action. It was by faith. It is impossible, I'm going to go down to verse 6, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. Verse 7 says this, It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save the families from the flood. It was by faith. Faith in action. The friends of God will be known by their faith in action. Verse 8, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave his home. By faith. And then you go down, you can continue reading this. It says, by faith, even Sarah. And then you go to, uh, um, uh, man, you can go through uh, verse 17. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac. And it goes on and on and on and on about faith in action. James gives us a look at the characteristics of what it looks like to be a friend of God. James 2, verse 19 to 23, it says this. Don't you remember our ancestors, Abraham, was shown to be right with God by his actions? Listen, his actions made him right with God. I want you to get this. When he offered his son Isaac on the altar, verse 22 says, You see, his faith and his action worked together and his actions made his faith complete. And so it happened, just as the scripture says, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called a friend of God. A friend of God. The Passion reads in verse 23, it says, So in the way the Scripture was fulfilled because of Abraham's believing God, his, face, his faith was exchanged for God's righteousness. When we step in faith and we move, we, faith in action, there's an exchange that takes place, our faith, and he gives us the righteousness. You understand what I'm saying? Number three, we must learn how to love. I was uh, I was speaking about Bob Jones the other day on a Facebook Live I was doing, and I remember hearing Bob talk about this encounter, and he shared about how he when he had died it was in 1975 he had died, and he was taken to heaven. And when he was taken in heaven, he was standing in this line. and this Now, this is like an out-of-body experience that he, he encountered. And he, I mean, he wrote about all this. It's really powerful. But he was taken into a line, and he was waiting to go into to heaven. Like, there was this line that he saw. And there was a lady that was there in front of him. Um, it was a black woman. I believe he said it was a black woman that was standing in front of me. And she goes in, and, and, and Jesus was standing there. And he asked her a question. He said, did you learn how to love? And the lady responded, oh, yes. Yes, I learned how to love. I loved. And and she began to share all of the encounters of love that she shared with the people. and, And then she goes in. And then the next was a little girl. She was 11 years old. 11 years old. She comes up. See, at the age of five, this little girl got terminally sick, and she was bedridden to her bed. So for six years of her life, she was in bed. But all she did while she was in bed is pray for people. Like the Lord would visit her, and she would just pray and pray, pray for people all over. So she comes up to the line, and she's asked the question, did you learn how to love? Yes, I learned how to love. And she goes and she begins to share how she loved the people and how she prayed. and She was an intercessor. Her whole portion was to be an intercession. To pray for the body. I don't know why things happen. I I, I can't give you actions of why people die young and, and I'm not going to try to get into all that. God is a good God. No matter what. And her portion was to be there to pray. Man, I tell you what. I bet you her prayers were probably the most powerful prayers that we were ever prayed. And then she goes, but the question they were asked was, did you learn how to love? Not once did they ask, well, how many souls did you get when you came? How many crusades did you have? How many churches did you have under your apostolic network? How many words, how many times were you on the Elijah list? Those were, not that wasn't what was asked. It was, did you learn how to love? Did you learn how to love? Colossians 12, verse 3 says this. I'm going to read out of the Passion, okay? Passion translation. It says, <clears throat> You were always and dearly loved by God. So robe yourself with the virtues of Listen, I'm talking about the characteristics of the friends of God. Colossians giving us a very clear picture of what it looks like to be a friend of God. He says, robe yourself with the virtues of God. You see, the the friends are robed with virtue. Since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. That's what Roxy was talking about this morning. The remnant, those are the chosen ones. (laughs) Those are the torchbearers. Those are the ones that carry. Those are the eagles of fire. Those are the ones that call for right now. Those are the ones that are woven in the tapestry of love. Colossians says, because you have been chosen to be holy, be merciful as you endeavor to understand others and to be compassionate. Showing kindness towards all. Come on, that can be hard sometimes, right? Man, brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so, man, they get on my nerves. Don't act like I'm the only one that's ever thought that. Y'all get all quiet on me. Like, oh, here comes brother so-and-so, turn around, turn around, turn around. Because, see, that's, that's, That's not right. What I'm saying is that we have to learn. What does it look like to be a friend of God? Friends of God can't do that. (laughs) Right? Man, I I feel like I got a spotlight on me. Like, y'all just. (laughs) They understand others and they're compassionate, showing kindness towards all. Now, here's a big one. Be gentle and humble. And here's a kicker unoffendable. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, in church, it's easy to be offended. Oh, the pastor didn't shake my hand today. Did you see Brother So-and-so? They sat in my chair. I sit there every week. It's my chair. Nobody sat in my chair. I see everybody looking up there like, who's there? <laughs> I see y'all like, <laughs> metaphorically speaking, you know, what it was, what, you know, you got it, anyway. <laughs> Unaffendable. And your patience with others. Here goes. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith. Come on, these are keys. You want to be a friend of God. Here you go. Forgiving one another in the same way that you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus. If you find fault with someone, release this same gift of forgiveness for them, to them. For the love is supreme and must flow through each and every one of these virtues because love becomes the mark of true maturity. did we learn how to love? That's why when he went to heaven, they weren't worried about all the works. They weren't worried about how big the church was. They weren't worried about any of that. They wanted to know, did we learn how to love the people? Colossians gives us a clear picture of that. For those who are watching, that was out of Colossians 12, verse 3, all the way down. It continues to say this, let your heart be always guided by the peace of the anointed one who called you to peace as part of his one body and, and always, listen, always, always be thankful. <laughs> be thankful and let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. Flooding you with all the holy fear of God. Come on. Jesus. Hmm. Apply the scriptures as you teach and instruct one another with psalms. With festive praises and with prophetic songs. Given to you spontaneously by the Spirit. It says, so sing. Sing. (laughs) <laughs> it says, sing to God with all your heart. Remember? Our hearts cry, God, I love you. I want no, I want more. That's the heart's cry. Sing a song to the Lord. Whew. Verse 17. Let every activity of our lives and every word that comes from your lips whew, be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. <laughs> I'm going to read that again. Let every activity of our lives and every word that comes from our lips, Lord, let it be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. And bring constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you. Well, we could end it right there. But I'm not I got more. (laughs) I'm gonna end it right there. I know I keep saying about a part two and I never get to the part two. Uh, can we stand to this morning? Wow. Yes. You see. Did y'all feel the anointing when when we begin to speak about what comes out of our lips, there was a wave that came in there.
1: Earlier, Pete had said, I don't know why I'm sharing this part about the whole phone. And uh, I remember at that time, I was just looking for a friend. And if there's anything that I could say me and my husband have when people ask us, is that he first became my friend before anything else. And that's what has knitted us together. And so when you take that and us being the bride of the Lord, and what a friend's supposed to be, it doesn't matter what you're going through. You always go back to your friend. You always go back to hear what your friend has to tell you. And um, I think that is the, the, the one thing that is that knits you together with the Father. It comes knitted together because you always go back to your friend, him. And you take him everything, every part of your life, good, bad, whatever, hurt, wounds, whatever it is, rejection, every part of it, you take it back to him. You take it to your friend and you talk about it with your friend. That's why there was a phone. And in the night hour, you reach out to your friend when nobody else understands you. When nobody knows what you feel like inside, you call your friend, and you tell your friend everything. You tell him how you feel, how hurt you are, how wounded you are. You tell your friend every part. But see, there's somebody else on the other side of that phone. And when that person is Jesus, and Jesus responds to your phone call as a friend, just this love seeps through that other side, and it makes everything better. That friendship, it just comes in, and it it breaks down every single barrier that we want to begin to have in our lives, and it just seeps right through. He shared about Bob Jones earlier, and I was remembering being around this man. And I remember when I met him, and I remember feeling the Father's love immediately. And if that's representation of, did you learn how to love? then I can't even imagine how powerful and how amazing the Father's love really is when we really understand it. When we really allow ourselves to partake of His love, of Him being our best friend, you just want to weep and cry because you can feel it. When I first met him, I, I, when I first met Bob Jones, I, I just started to weep. And he immediately looked at me and said, what you're feeling is not me. What you're feeling is the Father's love. So don't get the two mixed up. What you're feeling is the Father's love coming out of me to you. So don't get it confused because this is him. And I really believe when we walk with Jesus, when we make him our best friend, look, I'm telling you, when you pioneer something, you need your best friend. Pioneers need their friend because you can't do it any other way. There's no way you can pioneer something without having your best friend Abraham used to go out and look at the stars and talk to God every single time he he questioned what was going on every single time he doubted every single time he went through this this thing with God and he would go out and he would look at the stars and he would say God I don't know what you're doing God but I know this is you God help me Help me, God. Help me walk this thing. Help me work out the things that I don't understand. Help me, God. That's what a friend does. You go out in your darkest place, in your deepest hurts, and you walk out and you say, God, I need your friendship, God. I need you to step in in my life and be my best friend, that I can lean on you. I can fall back on you and you can hold me up when I can't hold up myself. That's what a friend looks like. When you can't figure it out in your mind and you're trying to seek for advice from somebody, you want counsel from somebody, your best friend gives you the best counsel you could ever get. doesn't matter what it is. And you just sit back and you just, take it all in and then then it comes wrapped in his love. The love's a bonus. To get what you need advice and then it's sealed with love is a bonus. That's where we have to be with the Father. In the hardest times of my life of making decisions, my friend is the only thing that got me through. When it was the hardest times where my emotions were railing, it didn't matter what kind of emotion I had, he kept me steadfast to push forward and push through the most difficult decisions in my life. He wants to be your friend this morning. Pick up the phone and call him.
0: you know, when Moses went and he pitched his tent to have the face-to-face encounter. Stay up here with me. To have this face-to-face encounter with the Lord. I'm going to give you the last part right here. To becoming a friend. It's becoming intentional. Because see what happened? Moses had to go outside of the camp. Because sometimes in the camp there's too much chaos going on that we have to get outside the camp and pitch the tent to get clarity to hear what the Lord say. Exodus 33 says this, verse 17. Because see, when we become intentional, we begin to see God move. And we see it right here. Verse 17 says, The Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked me for. I look favorably on you, and I know you by name. Moses responded, You see, because he's a friend. And he says, Show me your glory. He says, Show me your glory. And the Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will call you out by name, Yahweh before you. For I will show mercy to anyone I choose and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. Moses was a friend of God. And see, what's really beautiful about becoming intentional as you become intentional it takes you into being in the glory the intentional will take you from the glory for the friends of God let's, just, let's raise your hands, let's pray Father we just thank you God Lord, we thank you for the revelation God we thank you for your presence God We thank you for your glory. We thank you for the seasons you have us in right now, God. Every one of us is in a different season, God. But, Lord, we thank you for the season that we're in. Lord, our cry today is we love you, Lord. We just want to be where you're at, God. Here in your presence, Lord. Here in your presence, God. Right now, Lord. Jesus. oh we want to be your friend. We want to be a friend of God, Lord, that you would say, that's my friend. <laughs> Just your presence would be with us, God. Lord, even as, as we go throughout our day, Lord, that we would reflect on the words that were shared this morning God and we would even apply it to ourselves on the Colossians God that we would apply those things to our own lives to Lord to see where we fix those things Father we just thank you Lord Lord we seal every word God Holy Spirit we love you Jesus, we love you. <laughs> You're so good, God. And Father, we say more. We speak Ohio ablaze, God. We speak awakening, God, right now. In Jesus' name, amen.